so this is really typical of my last three weeks, I just have to say. I'm calling in on my cell phone because I can't get in on my computer. So um, I'm going to talk and about the ins and outs and the all abouts about recovery. And I, I'm my, some of my topic has to do with ambiguity and uncertainty. Ambiguity and uncertainty, they have not nurtured me and they certainly do not nurture me today. Um, many of you know my story. I'll try to run through it very quickly. Uh, I have a lot of PTSD experience with life. Uh, you know, my mother was a Holocaust survivor. I felt that trauma very early um, at four years of age. I became a type one insulin dependent diabetic at age 14, which was 1965. So I experienced a lot of ins and outs and all abouts. Um, we didn't have the technology we have today. Today I'm wearing a glucose sensor, which talks to my insulin pump, which is in, in my body, you know, connected in my body. Um, my mother experienced horrible sexual violence during World War II, and I myself have experienced sexual trauma. Um, my brother, Stephen, disappeared and drowned in July 1980. My mother developed brain cancer within two years and was gone by 1983. So these are the really terrible things that have happened. And at the same time, I do want to say that my parents love me dearly. They were so distraught when I was diagnosed. They felt it was their fault. Um, they loved me in the best way that they could. Um, they were both, you know, um, children of a lot of trauma growing up. I do remember very much being loved. I do remember being taken care of in a very loving way. Uh, and I, you know, I don't fault them at all. And I'm actually very grateful that they encouraged my artistic pursuits, my creativity. They respected and honored my intelligence. Um, <laughs> my mother was much more athletic than I was. And so she got me into um, uh, softball, softball, baseball, which I never really loved, but she loved. And so she was very excited to promote me and be there and coach and do all those good things. Uh, yeah, and I've been, the ins and outs, you know, um, coming into program in de December of 1987 in Chicago uh, was such a gift and such uh, an amazing experience to to know that there was an alternative. I had been raised, one thing too, on a positive side, has been raised in the Jewish religion and my parents were not religious. They didn't go to synagogue a lot, but you know, I remember sitting on a rabbi's uh, knee when I was five or six years old. They were part of 13 families who in the suburbs of Chicago were looking to create a, a synagogue. and. He actually became our rabbi for many, many, many years. Um, so, you know, I did the whole going to religious school, learned Hebrew from the fourth grade on, and I loved languages and I loved the spirituality of the practices. Uh, I came into program in December of 1987 and I was absolutely desperate. You know, as I told you about these 
issues. The 1980s are just a blur. And I um, I often laugh about those of you who know um, the character, the cartoon character, Betty Boop, you know, she like goes into this machine. She's kind of bedraggled and she was in the 1950s and 60s. And, um, and then she comes out all perky and bright. And that certainly wasn't my experience. Uh, you know, it took me a long time, but I became abstinent for me a long time. I became abstinent in March 1990. And one of the dear friends and pro fellow program people who shows up at these meetings very often was my original sponsor. And she and I, you know, one of the benefits and the focus on now um, things that I and that I concentrate on is she and I, you know, do readings and we text each other every day, um, which is such a gift. You know, there's been lots of life on life's terms, you know, jobs, relationships, moving from the Midwest to the East Bay. And I, they haven't been easy. Uh, Five and, minutes. Okay, thank you. Uh, but I want to focus on the now. And I'm just laughing at the word focus because I'm now looking, uh, looking for an, a used car and one of the, you know, one of the words they use is focus a lot. <clears throat> so um, the focus on now, I'm working on the momentum to not get depressed and feel like a victim. And I want to read the on awakening portion of the big, big book. It says on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God, to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So I do want to say that for many years, I felt like a victim, and I felt violated because of my circumstances. Um, so we want it to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God, or whatever you believe in, a power outside of yourself, gave us brains. <laughs> our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear to wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration. And that is really, I'm really grateful for inspiration these days. An intuitive thought or decision. We relax, ha, huh, we relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we had tried for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. And there's a part of my daily practice of pranayama, breathing and meditation that is talks about, you know, the phrase is intuition versus um, intellect. And that's a process I use throughout. Do I use, do I have a gut feeling? Do I do the research? You know, what is it that becomes a working part of my mind? Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. And that is definitely my case. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be meet more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely on it. 
We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. So this um, process is, um, so the things that some of all, what I'm already, I've already mentioned is, you know, really using the tools on a, on a daily basis um, in however way I can. I mean, the step, the step about making amends and reconciling is something I do, not just in the evenings or after the day, but if there's an interaction or a situation um, that, that makes me feel uncomfortable or that I need to make a change in my attitude or my behavior, I try to do that. And I'm gonna illustrate that in a few minutes and talking about what's happened in the last three weeks. Um, I, I use my inspiration and I use my creativity almost as much as I can on a daily basis. And this has been such an incredible gift. You know, I paint, I do collage, I create, you know, metal jewelry, um, and I play with kids. You know, I I'm an honorary grandmother, and so I have, they range from six months to six years old. And if you ever have a problem thinking about the present or feel like you're going to have a meltdown, just watch how, the, I mean, I get to see how these kids interact with life. And they are in the moment. And so part of my inspiration from them and in life is to be and to do in the moment. Because I have no other control. I have no other way to reconcile the past other than what I do in program, nor to make sure that the future is going to be in a certain way. I have, thank you. I check in, like I said, every day with someone. I have a wonderful, wonderful gratitude group that we've created, you know, around the time. I don't know if it was before COVID or during COVID. So I have four other people. I, I try to text almost on a daily basis and we all text what's going on, what we're doing, how we're using program. And it's such a gift to have people to check in with and who check in with me and who affirm my 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 actions, my, my being on a daily basis and who I really feel love me. And this the idea, you know, love, kindness, equanimity, uh, they're all antidotes for the stuff that goes on in our lives. You would think that after 58 years of type one and 30 some years of recovery and program that everything would be peachy, but it ain't. Uh, so in the last three weeks, I do have to say that the circumstances have extremely pushed my, have, have like, I don't even know how to describe it. When I tell people what's going on in the last three weeks, they go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say. I can't believe. So I'll tell you. Um, and I have been trudging 
not trudging. I had been wading through the quagmire since September 11th. On September 11th, my computer was hacked and I went through hell and back, cleaning up my account, getting help cleaning up my my computer, getting another yet another um, you know system or outside organization to check on my where I am in the dark web and the web and the blah 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 blah. Um, and who knew that I turned 72 on October 1st. And I was thinking, one of the reasons I wanted to speak today was that things were going to look up. So September 11th, I got hacked. The following week, I was having an extreme amount of pain on the right side of my face, my jaw, my teeth. And I went to the dentist and I had an abscess, a terrible abscess. And to this day, I'm still having soreness, but I got a root canal on Friday, September 23rd. So, okay, um, with all the meds and everything, it screwed up my digestive system and I had to be on those things for quite a while. And I'm getting better, I'm getting better. But um, if I talk a lot or if I, um, I do certain things, I'm still feeling it all the way up to my head. So, between Tuesday, September 27th, which is ironically my deceased brother's birthday, and Wednesday, September 28th at 7 a.m., my Kia Soul was stolen from in front of my house. So I have had to, talking about, you know, checking on my behavior, I had to show up at the Oakland Police department headquarters downtown and the officer yelled at me because he said how could I have a Berkeley address on my license and be going there to report the accident well up here Oakland handles our police and our fire and uh, my mail comes um, from Berkeley so he's yelling at me and I basically yelled back because he wasn't listening to me and so sometimes my behavior, I have to check my behavior and say, okay, is this going to have positive results? And so I backed off and I had to wait over an hour for him to file the police report so that I could issue it to my um, my insurance company. And I know this is maybe TMI, but this is like all stuff I've been, it's been front and center. Uh, I had to go over to, to uh, they found the car and I went and had to look at the car at the towing company, which was crazy. And um, the car was totally trashed. So in terms of personal violation, I told the guy, I told the agents and I've been very nice to all those folks that I don't want the car and that I need to, I need to reconcile. I need to have, you know, relief from this. So I was offered an amount for my car yesterday, and today I'm going to go car shopping. You know, despite all this, I have not... Minutes. Okay. Despite all this, I have not overeaten. I um, sometimes don't feel like eating between my digestive stuff and my um, high blood sugars and, you know, I mean, because all this stuff affects us, affects my equilibrium. Um, 
the thing about program is that it doesn't go away. If we don't go away, the program doesn't go away. And I have a daily routine, you know, as I've shared in, in a number of meetings, um, my daily plan, as it says in uh, Awakening, is to do the things I need to do to take care of myself. So I get up, I take my blood pressure meds and my thyroid meds, I wait a half hour, I inject myself with a bone density injection because I've, hey, positive news. I have not had any fractures in the last six months, which is very different from what happened in the last three years. So I do that. I wait another half hour and then I eat breakfast. And then the day, you know, depends on what I what I have planned. <laughs> the next couple of days are going to be looking for cars. Uh, and did I want to do this at 72? No. Do I want to really have to bargain? No. But I am only in relative control to the best of my ability. And I am grateful. I want to talk to just a few minutes about gratitude. Um, so maintaining an attitude of gratitude, which I've got these things that are going on, right? I have stuff in place. I can call somebody. I can talk to my, I can text my gratitude group. I can be kind and care about other people so that I'm not railing or focusing on my own shit. And I have to do this a breath at a time. Um, when I was standing in line for over an hour with the police department, I observed so many people in line who number one, didn't have insurance, who number two, didn't speak English as and spoke it as a second language. Number three, were had their own real huge difficulties in life. And I wasn't grateful that I was better than them. I was just grateful that I could stand enough to wait in line and then also go ask to be able to sit down because my body is still is still, you know, sore and and I'm dealing with osteoarthritis. So I it's imperative for me to be able to be present, to take care of myself and ask for help. And when the guy at the towing place, when I was trying to clear out some stuff from my car and I had some stuff in a bag, he said, Do you want me to carry that? And I said, Yes, please, thank you. And I try to say thank you when people are kind to me. And I try to have a sense of humor. I wanted to say that too, is that a sense of humor gets me so far. It gets it's gets gets me through the quagmire. It gets me lifted up. Uh, and I've had in my life a lot of dreams about flying. Uh, so I'm not going to I'm not going to fly a single engine airplane. But I know people who have airplanes, single engine, and I fly with them. And it's such an amazing experience because it replicates this feeling of being free and flying and above all of the stuff that goes on on a daily basis. Deep breath. Um, yeah, the question. How many? 
one minute. Okay. So I just want to say, I invite you to think about how do you partner with equanimity and grace in your life? Or, you know, I've been looking at turbocharged cars. So how do you maintain or turbocharge your gratitude? That's it. I passed. <laughs>